Chapter 1 There were twelve anorexic women sitting in a circle in room 4A at the Sherlington Community Center, but only one of them was fingering the phone in her pocket, waiting for the vibration of a text identifying the location of a serial killer. Dr. Colleen Childs had a strict no-phone policy, but Dagny Gray didn't care. She probably had a no-gun policy, too, but Dagny's was strapped under her jacket. FBI special agents were always on the clock, even in group therapy. At Dr. Child's signal, two women walked to the center of the circle, joined hands, and stared at each other for seconds that felt like minutes. Then, upon command, each traded compliments that escalated in uplift and hyperbole until both women collapsed in a tearful hug. Another pair took their place. As they traded words like powerful and magnificent, their voices tumbled under the hum of the air conditioner, which kept the room uncomfortably chilled. It was wrong to cool any room on an autumn day, Dagny thought, but especially wrong to cool a room full of slight and underweight women. Dr. Childs should have informed management to shut it down. She was too focused on emotional feelings and not enough on real ones. Dagny and Elizabeth. Dagny looked at Dr. Childs. It's your turn, the doctor said. Dagny rose and took a couple of steps to the center of the circle. Elizabeth stood opposite her. Although she was only 27, Elizabeth looked and dressed like a much older woman. Plaid sweater covered in bald lint, long pleated skirt, glasses with a black frame and big lenses. Underneath it all, rail thin and worn. The girl took Dagny's hands and stared into her eyes. Dagny averted her gaze. Dr. Childs motioned for Dagny to speak. Elizabeth, you are a strong, fierce woman, and there's nothing you can't do. Louder, please, Dr. Childs said. Dagny raised her voice. I've only been here for a few weeks, but in that time, I've seen you grow. She looked over at Dr. Childs, who was waving her hand to prod Dagny to continue. You have the power to do anything you want. You need not let anything have power over you. Elizabeth smiled. Thank you, Dagny. Now, Elizabeth, tell Dagny what you see, Dr. Childs said. Elizabeth looked at Dagny and smiled. You are an ocean breeze on a summer day. You are a delicate flower, Dagny blurted out a laugh. I'm so sorry, she said. And then despite her best efforts, she laughed again. The more she tried to suppress it, the harder it came. Dr. Childs rose from her seat. We are here to support one another. I'm so sorry, Dagny said. I'm so sorry, but... She surveyed the scowls in the circle around her. This was a bad idea. She grabbed her backpack. Wait, Dr. Childs yelled, but Dagny was already out the door. She jogged through the hall and ducked into the women's room and leaned against the sink. At 35 years old, she was fighting the same battles she had fought as a teenager. She grabbed a tissue from the dispenser and dabbed her eyes. Looking up at the mirror, she saw only sadness, and then Dr. Childs standing behind her. Dagny turned. I'm sorry. She sniffed and wiped away a last tear. Come back to group and tell them. 
I can't talk about myself in front of other people. I don't understand why anyone would want to. It seems like the whole point of this is to get us to say things in front of others that we wouldn't want to say even to ourselves. Yes, that's the point. Dr. Childs was in her 40s. Her graying hair was pulled back in a bun that was neither too tight nor too casual. Her posture was good. She was fit but not thin and wore a professional suit tailored to her build. Her glasses were stylish and she wore just enough makeup that Dagny wasn't sure she was wearing any. Her cadence was clear and her sentences were concise. She never stumbled over words or changed course mid-thought. Her confidence unnerved Dagny. I feel lost and confused right now, she said. I don't think it's a good time for therapy. She realized the absurdity of the sentiment as soon as she expressed it. What about your boss? The